Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. Our character, like right now, you know, Obviously, we underperformed in the last three games, and you start to hear all these stories come out about X, Y, and Z. Who knows where they actually come from? And 99% of them is not true at all. So, you know, we wanted to stay together, and I think that was an emphasis last night um, before we played today was make sure we was on the same page. Um, we didn't want to come out and, and, and lay an egg. We wanted to come out and play together. We wanted to come out trust each other, come out play some defense, have some pride about yourself, and find a way to win a game. And uh, we all more than capable of doing it. So tonight we got it done. Smart was in my ear. Let me know where the game is at. Um, just keep being aggressive. Keep making the right plays. It ain't always got to be um, you putting the ball in the basket. I helped us win the night. So just keep, continue to make the right plays, and the game will open up for you. And that's what Smart does is just be a leader, be vocal, and we find a way to win. Still alive, old friend. Still alive. Yeah, you know what wasn't happened last night, Andy? They let him win one. Watch out. They let him win one. They told him not to, but all right, let's not go ahead and get too far down the cowboy up 2004 Red Sox motifs. However, in a city of champions, in a city of epic comebacks, where legends are made and legacies are written far, far too often, the Celtics have a chance to at least continue this series into Memorial Day weekend. And who knows after that, following their very encouraging, very necessary, thoroughly entertaining 116-99 win in game four over the Miami Heat at, I believe they call it Kaseya Arena. Or is it the Kaseya Center? Nobody really cares. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. It's breaking Boston. It's Fitzy. It's Hart. It's you. We all got the top stories of the day each and every morning for you. And of course, today it's the Celtics getting back in or re-entering the chat in the Eastern Conference Finals. They stave off elimination. There will be no sweep hereafter. They're heading back to Boston. And it's as simple as this, as you said last night, as you said in the pre-show chat, Andy, they played some defense, they hit their threes, and Miami didn't. Ball game. It really is that simple. Uh, you know, I've said it all year in the NBA these days. You look at the three-point shooting percentage, and you can almost always tell who won the game. Celtics 40%, Heat down 25 and change, 26%, and that's how the game plays out. Some of the Heat uh, complementary players who'd been lighting it up have did not light it up. Mm-hmm. Some of the Celtics players who'd been doing nothing actually found a way to contribute. And, oh, by the way, Jason Tatum showed up and showed out. Uh, finished the game, actually scored in the fourth quarter, which was amazing, Um, put up 30 plus and, you know, you live to fight another day. And, you know, I found it interesting that Jalen Brown in that clip we just played sort of said they heard or he heard the stories that were coming out. And I think he's alluding to the one story that said this seems like a team that's sick of pretending they like each other and maybe that they are falling apart because they looked like they fell apart, bottomed out, right? Game three, everybody in the mm-hmm. world. When Magic Johnson's saying you quit, you, you done quit. <laughs> you got problems going on. Um, now, the I'm staying optimistic, Fitzy, and I said this. So when we started this series, what did I predict? And what did ESPN Analytics essentially predict? Uh, that I don't – I'm so tired. The Celtics would sweep. Know. The Celtics. Oh, yes, you did. You said the Celtics. I said Celtics in five, and you said Celtics in four, which was madness. 
I didn't know that for them to sweep four <laughs> games in a row, they were going to wait till they lost three in a row before they started the process. And so after losing the first two Celtics would then win in five, they, they just had to lose two in a row. So technically we both have a chance to be right. So they are, that's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> they just uh, were both here. wrong, wrong as wrong can be, mm-hmm. but we all believe this team is capable of winning four in a row against the heat. They won the first one mm-hmm. with Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez, who are experienced in gagging away 3-0 leads, watching from the front row expensive. What were they doing? If I was the Miami Heat, the one thing I would have made sure of, and I don't know how they possibly could do this or who would be in control of this operation, but the one thing I would be damn sure of is that A-Rod and Jeets, if you will, the captain and the fraud, would be nowhere near Miami or that basketball game last night. I, what, they're playing with emotional fire. They are just basically just saying to all the bad karma and juju in the world, please, like a, they're holding up a lightning rod to it saying, come, come to us, please. It's unbelievable. Quick, and a quick side note, uh, Derek Jeter's wife is stunningly beautiful. <laughs> oh, <they> should... <laughs> what, a, what a shocker. What a shocker. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he did okay for himself. Uh, yeah, all those did baskets the, paid off yeah, over the years. I was going to say, did the Miami Heat give the Celtics <laughs> smash baskets after the first three games? Is that what everyone does now after a big win in the playoffs? But uh, no, I mean, I, I thought when when I was I was on the air with Rich Keefe doing the pregame last night, uh, I I kind of was optimistic because the one thing that everybody said or alluded to in Game Three was you bottomed out. Well, after you bottom mm-hmm. out, there's got to be at least a, a short term rebound, right? They're like they're where to go, but you can't stay right. there. You can't stay there. Now, now, Rich Keefe argued you could. You could just kind of flop around on the bottom out area for a while and, and go into the offseason. Or, dr- or just drown. Right. But no, I, I thought they would show some pride. I hoped they would show some pride. And that's the word that Jalen Brown used, some pride. Now, can pride carry you or does pride cometh before the fall? And was this was a temporary mm-hmm. delay of, of what? is probably coming because for 150 straight times in the National Basketball Association, it has come to fruition. Now, I believe the number was 92 of those series where a team went down Mm 3-0 were swept. So you've already avoided the most likely outcome after you go down 3-0. What about the other 58? Well, okay, they all end poorly, but I would also argue... It's going to happen. I disagree with Charles Barkley, who said it is never going to happen that a team's going to come back from 3-0. It is going mm. to happen someday. I also, throwing some optimism out there, one, like 150 straight losses is a nice round number. Let's end it there. So yeah. let's have the next one be a victory for the team that's down 3-0. Don't make it 151. That's just a weird number. No one cares about that number. So 150 a- straight times they lost, but on uh-huh. the 151st, they won. Uh, yeah. And I'm being well, semi-serious because I do sure. fall back on uh-huh. if the Celtics have their you-know-what together, they can definitely win three games in a row. If they're going to hit 40-plus percent of their threes, if they're going to limit the turnovers. Fitzy, did you notice? Turnovers were, I think, uh-huh. at 10, even though it started a little rough. It actually, And that actually oh, gives it me— Oh, it was sloppy. It was sloppy. Yes. Old Sloppy and, Joes. We were having dinner at Sloppy Joes early on. Yeah, 15 turnovers for the Heat, 10 for the Celtics. And that gives me a little bit of even um, faith there. It it wasn't easy. This game was not just a roll the ball out there. Oh, the Heat decided they didn't want to show up tonight. You win the game. 
The Heat led at halftime. This was a competitive mm-hmm. game. And even on TNT, they kept bringing up, yeah, kind of letting the Celtics hang around. If you let the Celtics hang around, mm-hmm. they might have a chance here. Yep. And the Celtics did hang around and then had a great second half. You know, they weird. They didn't have to fall apart. They didn't have, you know, they weren't quitting. They didn't have all their stars no. on the bench. As a matter of um, fact, Andy, the Celtics did the craziest thing in game four on Tuesday night. They dominated the third quarter. They actually Weird. outscored the Heat. I, this never happens. I was almost like, did we swap uniforms at halftime? Who are these guys? They go up 38-23 in the third to take the lead. They end up winning the fourth quarter as well. Uh, about halfway through the quarter, you could see the resignation in Miami. Like, all right, well, we still got two on them. So let's go back to Boston and finish the job. Um, interesting also, too. You mentioned, uh, J- you know, Jalen Brown. We opened with his comments about hearing the noise and wanting to respond to it and actually playing together, playing with some pride. There was a story that they went out and did some team bonding, apparently. Uh, they, yeah. they went and did a little top golf together. Yep. Uh, point, point of emphasis, if the Celtics ever uh, languish at home and need to do a little bonding, I guess one's going to finally open in Massachusetts for everyone, all the way out in the farmland of Canton. So uh, that's good. Top Golf gets a nice little plug arena there. Feel free to sponsor this podcast at any time, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but also after the game, the Celtics, you know, didn't make too much of it other than this is the way we needed to be playing all along. Charles Barkley did start making some of it, saying that he was going to literally go to FanDuel as soon as the postgame show was over and bet every available dollar in his account on the Celtics in game five. Shaq said, I'm going to bet all my money on the heat. You know, he's playing with because he's got he's got a little heat culture in him from the time he won the championship in 2006. Barkley, though, I got to say his emotional weather vane as to how a team is doing and how they're playing and and the way the tides are turning for teams is usually pretty accurate. So obviously, Charles told me what I wanted to hear. I was feeling it for him as well. Jimmy Butler postgame was very interesting. He said they weren't going to make much of it. This is how things go. They were going to go sit in the locker room, drink some beers, drink some wine, uh, apparently have a little bit of a party and blow it off. And now, see, this is where his leadership, even though he has no NBA titles to date, this is where it's clutch for them. He's going to go in there or probably already did go in there and just erase the whole damn thing and let him forget about it. And as long as they take a we have to win that not not the the pressure that can come with that sort of, we have to win the fourth game mentality rather just we're going to play them up to three more times. We just have to win one. That's it. Celtics have to just play with the just one at a time mentality and the heat just have to worry about just, just win one. That's fine. So that's what makes me think that game five is going to be super competitive for anyone out there. It's going to be like, Oh yeah. So it's going to roll again. Don't worry about it. And statistically speaking, this outcome was a foregone conclusion. I mean, I believe the Celtics were 5-1 and one in elimination games the last two postseasons. Celtics had not lost four in a row in more than a year and a half. The mm-hmm. Heat won four in a row just once this year, mm-hmm. and it was against four teams that did not qualify for the postseason. So all the numbers and sort of trends of these two teams, how they'd been built over 100 games, 120 games over the last year, year plus – said that the Celtics, it just statistically was very unlikely four games went in the heat direction. Now, I know statistics don't take into play pride and emotion and quit factor and compete level and all those things, but this was probably going to be a likely outcome to this game. Now it's the question is, is there momentum? Like, have you Mm -hmm. 
Have you snapped to it? Are the Celtics going to start hitting there? Everybody was talking about, wow, I can't believe how the Heat are hitting their shots early in the series. Wow, is this sustainable? Well, they didn't in this game. And if it wasn't sustainable, if that was sort of a hot streak that they were on, that they're no longer on, the Celtics are a good shooting team who was shooting terribly. Mm -hmm. They are likely to hit their shots, right? This was aberrational that they didn't hit as many shots as they were not hitting to talk like Brian Windhorse a little bit there. Um, (laughs) That made no sense, but you get what I mean. They were missing their shots when they were a team likely to hit their shots. Are they, was there a momentum shift or was this a one-off? I think you can argue if you want, if you're a Celtics fan, if you're a green teamer and you choose to see the greener side of things, I think you can argue that there was a little bit of a shift in momentum in this series, even though three, one is like, it's still over, right? You're just waiting for that final nail in the coffin. It does feel like there was a little, uh, shift because of the shooting situation in my opinion yeah Miami had the lead at the half if they just continued to play good defense and prevent the Celtics from hitting the corner threes Grant Williams was I can't believe I'm going to say this but Grant Williams was you may say like yeah normally he's an ass and in game four he was an asset to the team he was he was knocking down huge threes he was he was like threes Al Al Horford decided to jump in the cocoon pool and what came back to life playing some defense as well. Rob Williams, Derek, you know, you know, really who gets the game ball, though? I got to tell you, his stat line for the game is only two rebounds, two assists and 16 points. So goes Derek White. So go these Celtics in a lot of ways. Like he did a lot of Derek White things, playing good defense, good ball handling, uh, a couple of clutch shots himself. And as long as Jason Tatum doesn't have to do it himself, Grant Williams does a little dirty work. Derek White does a little dirty work. Rob Williams plays some defense. Al Horford decides to actually put his big boy pants on and play basketball again and not look like, you know, somebody lured grandpa out to a pickup game after they had lunch at a graduation party. Then Jason Tatum can go off. And when he gets that stroke going from the outside, you, you, you could sort of feel like Miami was like, ah, oh, damn it, he woke up. Now, you say, can they carry that momentum into game five? I say yes. I agree. I do think they can. I do feel there's been a little bit of a momentum shift. And I know they have been called upon. They have been called out. They have been called into question. And they are going to be called upon one more time. The Garden crowd is going to have to do everything under the sun they can to propel the Celtics and to get in the ears or between the ears of the Heat. Celtics have not won a game at home in this series, and they have, is it a losing record in the postseason at home this yes. this year? Yes. Wow. They are one game down. You have to win this game just so you at least can get back to 500 on your home court. Also, if the Celtics now say, don't let them win one, well, don't let them win two. If they win two, what do you think it's going to be like in Miami over the weekend? Well, as your guy Barkley starts to say, sphincters start to tighten. Couldn't get a needle up his sphincter with a jackhammer situation. Uh, Because that's when you start to say, oh, crap, if you're a Heat. Now, not Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler will. I think it's some of the other guys. In case you haven't heard, they're undrafted. And they may start to think, wait a minute, I'm undrafted. I'm not that good. They're all first-round picks. They're better. They have momentum now. Like, there's a little bit of that. But that's where... I would say the coaching advantage, the Spolstra advantage could come to fruition as you start to transition from a laugher of a series to, oh, they won one. What's going on here to, oh, did they win two? That transitional phase there is where I think Spolstra can have um, 
important value and mm-hmm. trying to right the ship or, or bring some stability to a team that may start to question itself outside of its star player. And then the flip side is Joe Missoula. I, I'm back to where I was in, in before game one with Joe Missoula. Just stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just don't screw it up. Just don't mess. If your players are happy now, if they went to top golf, if, if JD is listening to his best buddy, Marcus Smart, and that's working for him, let it continue. If mm-hmm. if Grant Williams mm-hmm. is going to play his Batman role or be the good Grant Williams or whatever, he's had a really strange year. But if he's going to get minutes and make shots and be annoying and not tick off Jimmy Butler, but play mm-hmm. competitively. Oh, he, guy- he's, he learned. He put his finger in that socket. He's going to he's not going back. <laughs> he, that stove was hot, mom. I'm not yeah. going to touch that stove again. <laughs> um, the one guy and I would continue to leave. There's room for the Celtics to play better, to be better, to have growth. And the one guy that I would leave that door really open to is your guy, Malcolm Brogdon, as they say, is still useless. Useless. I don't know. What is going on? And we praised him. We talked about this was the minutes, series. Five rebounds, three assists, two points. Hit his first shot of the series, so I guess we got that going for us. But we praised him for his stone face, non-emotion, like mm-hmm. just plays the game the way it's, if he takes it to the rack and gets blocked. Stoic professionalism. Like, he's stoic suckic for most of this series. Like, I don't, and if you can get something out of him, if they start chipping away at all the negatives, the things that were the reasons they were losing, he's kind of the last one that could be a real positive. If he can come out and have one of his regular season games where he's mm-hmm. the best six man in basketball and gives you 15 points or whatever it is, that's another step towards, uh-oh, we, we woke the monster. They're starting to play. Because they kept saying it during the broadcast. This is the kind of – Jalen Brown had a steal that led to a fast break. They they had ball movement that led to an open shot. They had a, mm-hmm. a drive and dish. And they were like, this is the Celtics team that won 57 games during the regular season. If they, if they can get Brogdon, that would be another step in, this is why the Celtics are good. This is why the Celtics were favored in this series. So – yeah, I, I don't mean you, you know me. I'm not generally the uh, Mr. Positivity. Oh, I usually kind of say don't say break objectively. No. And wow, I'm going to say it right now. I, I'm with uh, your guy, Barkley. I would lay I'm not going to, but I would lay all my money if I chose to on the Boston Celtics in game five. I think they have momentum and I think they are heating up. Most importantly, just hit your damn threes. You know, Jimmy Butler finishes with 29, but it doesn't feel like as impactful a 29 mm-hmm. as some of his point tallies from. Nope previous games in the series you get 17 from vincent 16 from martin i can live with that i honestly oh, can't yeah. like it now who's it was it uh caleb martin who rolled his ankle or was it gabe vincent one of the two of them it was martin yeah he that you know he played through it the rest of the night said it was only a tweak but they were saying on the broadcast like reggie miller was like no that thing is going to swell up that's going to yep. bother him for game five as well Kyle Lowry had no impact and a very uh, minimal 10 points from Bam Adebayo as well. Five rebounds, no assists. It's going to be tough to contain him, obviously. Uh, Kyle Lowry only having five points. I don't know about that. But like you said, if you get a similar effort, just a little more maybe from Jalen Brown, and if Malcolm Brogdon makes a contribution, that should be enough to not only play Celtics basketball but hold off the heat and then send you back to Miami once again over the weekend. And then who knows what? At that point, the chaos theory will be invoked. All bets will be off. But I, too, am betting on the Celtics in Game 5. What's your confidence like, Celtics fans? Is Boston breaking back in the right direction? Are we breaking positive this morning? 
I feel good. Andy feels good. After that game, there's still a lot of work to do for these Celtics, but hopefully you're feeling good too. And we're feeling like we need to come back tomorrow and preview Game 5 right here on Breaking Boston. We're with you each and every morning with the latest takes, news, information, analysis you need to feed your rabid Boston sports fandom. For producer Koopa, Jumbo Hart, Fitzy GFY, this has been Breaking Boston. The Celtics are back in it. They let them win one. Now we just have to worry about getting Jeter and A-Rod back in the garden for Game 5. See ya. See ya.